What is up, people? You are listening in to New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart, and we have a massive show lined up for you guys today. We have our final resolution on the fate of Jonathan Majors, his, uh, uh, I guess, domestic abuse trial, you can call his assault trial that was happening in New York City, came to a conclusion. We have a verdict, and we have an official outcome, not only in the legal sense, but also what the future holds for Jonathan Majors with Marvel. So we'll give you the latest update on that. Also, very interesting updates on the X-Men. I mean, we've been waiting for some somewhat concrete updates. This is not something coming from a trade or Marvel, but, you know, we shout out to Daniel RBK. We talk about his reporting a lot, and he has some details about the X-Men project that Marvel is developing. And some of these details are really interesting. Uh, some of them may be a little surprising to some, some may be a little upsetting to others, so we'll break that down as well. We also have some DCU stuff revolving the Batman and just exactly what Matt Reeves' role is in the DCU. Originally, we thought there was none, but perhaps there's a lot more than we expected. And James Gunn, according to him, he could have been even more involved if he wanted to. So... A lot to get to on this show. It should be a lot of fun. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, it's good to be back. How you feeling? Good to be back. Um, I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, we're getting closer to the holidays. Uh, it's my birthday week as well, so, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We good about that. Um, and, uh... Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to talking about uh, some of the major news we got going on. Yeah, Shamari's got a big thirty, big thirty, thirty year old birthday. This is a big one. Yes, it's a big one. So shout out to Sham. You guys can wish him a happy birthday. Sending well wishes over to any of our social media platforms or to my platforms or Shamari's platforms. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Obviously, we'll all be together for your birthday. That'll be really exciting. Speaking of all of us, Kendall. Also joins us as well, Kendall. What's up, dude? What's up? What's up, guys? Uh, glad to uh, be back here. Um, like he said, uh, plenty to talk about on this week's episode. Um, you know, not always the the, the curious uh, of conversations uh, obviously no. surrounding this this Jonathan Majors uh, situation. Um, I mean, you want to talk about something that played out. We're recording this on uh, on Tuesday. Um, but, man, shout out to the all the YouTubers and streamers on Monday that were, you know, the reaction live. Yeah, <laughs> and, shout, out, yeah, shout out to Christian Harloff. I watched him and shout yeah, out to John him Roca. And, yeah, and John Roca. They were, I, that's how I found out live wow. <laughs> what happened, how it played out, because I was listening to them. Talking about the the verdict, and then as the verdict came in, we got the official wording word from Marvel. And I found yeah. out live on there. I was like, "Oh, this is this is." And then right as they were going, Grace Randolph was about to start, and I'm like, yeah. "Man, I, I can't get two or three streams going." So, um, <laughs> you know, I, you, you know, I only have one phone. You're gonna have to be like how the people do uh, NFL Sunday Ticket. You got to have the iPad, your yeah, your laptop, three your, four your, screens, your TV, three four screens to follow all the all the streams. The, the reaction. Yeah, shout out to them. I mean, we're one of them as well. And of course, you know, we gotta we gotta get back into our grind a little bit. It's been a, a great year for us, I think, all individually, but a little bit of a long year when it came to uh, putting together new generation stuff. But 
yeah, they were doing phenomenal stuff. And there's so much content out there and so many perspectives, so much news out there. Like people, they were ready. Like it was, it was, it was, it was neat to kind of, I didn't get to, <laughs> so funny story for you guys real quick, because of like the nature of my, you know, my new gig. And I think I've talked about it on the show, but for those who don't know, I'm now officially the executive producer on Maggie and Perloff, the uh, CBS Sports Radio Morning Show, our nationally syndicated morning show, CBS Sports Radio. So it's been a lot of uh, time taken away from me, but and it's been awesome, awesome. Um, but because of that, what ends up happening is I didn't realize until I started doing the show how much news breaks, like at like two a.m., two p.m. or three p.m. or around noon. And I should have known this guy worked in I worked in television news, so I actually this shouldn't be as much a surprise. But like I guess. I'm used to like maybe being at work when stuff happens. Now I'm asleep when this stuff happens. So the major's verdict comes down and I'm done. I'm asleep. I'm asleep. I was I woke up just like like it was only like a few minutes I was up when I saw that Marvel dropped him. But I was I was passed out. And this is not the first time I've been passed out while major news has happened and things I care a lot about, whether it be Marvel or whether it be sports. I, I mean this summer I slept through Donovan Mitchell being traded not to the Knicks but to the Cavs, which for Knicks fans and those who know me as a big Knicks fan and sports guy, like that was kind of wild. So I sleep through a lot. I sleep through a lot of stuff, and I slept through John, excuse me, John, Jonathan Majors' verdict, which was kind of weird to wake up to, um, and like BC, you know, hour before Majors <laughs> found guilty. I'm like, oh snap, it was kind of crazy. So yeah, we'll talk plenty about the Jonathan Majors situation again. Shout out to all the streamers who really did their thing yesterday again. I. I I took a lot of time today to watch. Like, yeah, I watched Harloff and and, and uh, Roca, and they had another, they had a brother Winston. I don't, yeah, yeah Winston there. Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Winston Marshall. I, I've never really seen his work, but he was good on there. So shout out to all of them. They had very interesting perspectives, and hopefully we could uh, add to that add to that dialogue here today. So again, this is a new generation uh, hero talk, and we're gonna get it going here. Of course, if you like all these shows, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. You will find all of our podcasts. Shout out to Shamari and Kendall. I saw they did a phenomenal Imperial Broadcast episode this weekend. So make sure you check that out. Our Star Wars podcast is up there. So, uh, so yeah, let's get it going. So, John DeMatrix. Um, so, first, the legal part of this. So, he is, uh, he had his trial for uh, aggravated, aggravated assault and harassment. And it ended up being a split verdict. So, you had... Jonathan Majors being found not guilty of some of the more serious charges in the situation. So there was secondary assault charge. Um, there was uh, other charges that he, he was not found guilty of. But he was found guilty of reckless assault, which was in the third degree. And he was found guilty of harassment. So, I mean, we can go into the details of just what exactly happened and try I, i'm not a legal expert um though i can i can considering my background in news i probably could help you guys through a lot of this stuff but um for that conversation we'll have some of that stuff there we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit but essentially to kind of keep it brief he was found not guilty of whatever was accused of happening in this car so he had this incident with his ex-girlfriend grace jabari and there were allegations that there was a fight that happened inside a taxi or an Uber or whatever kind of car they were in. And that is where 
the defense or uh, the prosecution said that Jawari suffered uh, some of the most serious things of her injuries, her bruises, the, you know, uh, the cut over her ear and things like that. Um, the striking in the head that she says that happened. That part of it, he was found not guilty by the, by the, by the jury. What he was found guilty of was the reckless assault, which they're saying was the throwing in the car that you do see on surveillance video, which is pretty clear as day. There was out to me is there is this kind of confusion about, well, he's running after the video, which yes, he doesn't run away from her after that happens, but they found him guilty of recklessly throwing her in the vehicle. Um, and that's where the, the, the guilty, guilty, uh, verdicts came down on. So that's the legal side for John the Major. Found guilty. He's sent, set to be sentenced in February and he could face up to a year in prison. What we then learned from the Marvel side of this was Marvel has fired Jonathan Major. So he is now done with Marvel. Marvel is moving forward with, uh, without him. And we spoke, uh, Kenneth spoke about it a little earlier. It was kind of wild to see this transpire. Again, I only saw the second half of it, not the first half. I didn't see the verdict come down live. But um, again, it was probably less than an hour before, uh, hour after the verdict came down that the trades already had it out that Majors was done at Marvel. So, Majors, of course, major star. He's Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's played uh, versions of that character in multiple seasons of Loki. And he was set to be really the center point of Avengers Kang Dynasty, the next Avengers movie that was uh, slated to come out in May uh, May 1st, 2026. Now, that movie, according to sources and multiple people reporting on the scene, they're already shifting gears. We saw some of the moving parts, Daniel, uh, the Daniel Destin Cretton not doing the movie anymore, different writers, uh, no Jeff Loveless. Michael Waldron apparently is not writing this movie now. And behind the scenes, Marvel is no longer approaching this as Avengers King Dynasty. They're now approaching it as Mar- uh, Avengers 5. So, major shift there um, in regards to kind of what this means uh, long term. Do they recast? Do they replace? Uh, that is still kind of up in the air. We really don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, what we do know is, according to uh, Jeff Snyder, uh, he says... That uh, Secret Wars is basically shaping up to be a giant uh, five-hour movie with a year-long intermission. So this Kang Dynasty is now more shaping up, it sounds like, into a Secret Wars Part 1. Which is actually what it was originally supposed to be, if you guys remember a while ago. It was actually pitched as a two-part movie. when they Very, very, even before they released that whole slate, before they did all of that. The, the Secret Wars movie is supposed to be a two-part movie. Then they moved away from that. And now it seems like we're going back to that. So, I think we've... I think I've kind of wrapped that all up in a bow. I'll ask Shamari first uh, how he feels, number one, about, you know, just John Majors and, and what's happened with him. And then how Marvel plans to move forward according to the reporting we have thus far. Uh, boy, yes. You know, this is... uh. Major, major news we that we just did not expect, um, or just, or I guess just that we didn't expect it at this moment. You know, I think uh, I think it just caught caught a lot of people off guard. Um, when it comes to the majors' news in general, in terms of like his, uh, you know, his uh, you know guilty verdict and um, and uh, and firing, uh, his consequent firing. 
I mean, it's not, I can't say it's too surprising for me. Um, a lot of the, I think a lot of the things that we had been hearing about him as this kind of trial and whole kind of saga was going on was that this, was that this kind of behavior wasn't like an isolated incident. Right. It wasn't a one-off. You know, and that there were other people that he was in relationships with that didn't, that thought how he conducted himself in the relationship was not, you know, was, you know, something that they they would uh, classify as something that's like abusive or just domineering, just very like that. It just wasn't, it didn't seem like, you know, it didn't see, it wasn't comfortable for the other person. So when you, when, you know, someone like that engages in relationships and stuff, it's, it's just not surprising when you get cases like this, verdicts like this and stuff. And, you know, it's based on everything that we've seen, everything that we've heard. And it's like, it's hard for me to believe that, that this is just, he, that this is, he's just totally innocent. I mean, I would, I, I hope that's the case. I wish that was the case. And, but I mean, I, you know, but it just, it's hard to believe, you know, when you're just, just looking at the totality of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and, and not just, and not just with Jabari, not just this incident, yeah. which there, there is obviously there was a split verdict. So that even suggests that there's some gray area in terms of what exactly that will happen, even with this. But I mean, there was a text messages that ironically the defense kind of yes. brought into the conversation because they were trying to do a cross examination. There's all these very disturbing texts about past abuse, maybe incidents and all this. Stuff. Yeah. So like, it, it, you know, there's a London incident that happened that it sounds almost worse than whatever happened in this New York incident. So to Shamari's yeah. point, there's some, there's some other details even beyond this one incident that do leave you feeling a little uncomfortable about majors in his past. Yeah. And then the audio as well that was being released with him and, and, you know, which, look, there's nothing wrong with having an ego. You know, there's a lot of people in Hollywood that have egos, but it doesn't look good when he's talking about everything that how big he is, how important he is, how he's so important to the black community. He's so important to the Hollywood community. And, you know, the other things that he was saying is like, listen, he's clearly just, it's clearly just in an, in an effort to just throw his weight around in the relationship. And it's just, you know, it just doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't look good. You nope. know, it doesn't look good. So it's unfortunate. And I, and, um, you know, just an unfortunate situation all around. Um, and when it comes to his firing, I think this is, um, I mean, I enjoy Jonathan Major's performances as Kang. I, I can't say this is, you know, a good thing for Marvel. I don't think it is. Um, you know, I would have enjoyed seeing whatever Marvel was planned to show with Jonathan Majors as Kang. I would have enjoyed seeing that play, play itself out to, to fruition. Um, now that probably won't be the case. He'll either be recast or it'll be, uh, or they're just going to pivot completely. And, um, you know, that's not. That's just, I would not prefer that. So I think it's just an unfortunate situation. Um, we'll see how Marvel chooses to move forward, but it's just, yeah, overall, I mean, it's just not, it's just not great. And, and it, and Marvel doesn't need this now of all times, you know, they're, they're not riding high at all. 
they're not really in a great place at all. I mean, I guess you can maybe look at this as a kind of reset, possibly, but it doesn't seem like they're totally resetting. It looks like they're just kind of haphazardly pivoting, which, you know, they kind of have to, but um, but it's just, overall, I don't think it's good for anybody. I don't think it's good for Marvel. I don't think it's good for us. You know, it's obviously not good for majors, not good for anybody. So it's just, it's just very, uh, very bad news all around. Yeah, Kendall, this was news that we had been greatly anticipating pretty much since we learned about this incident that happened with Majors and Jabari in New York City. And now we have uh, most of the resolution to it. I mean, we know what the verdict was with Majors in the incident. We know now what Marvel's verdict was for his future. Basically, that there is none for him. And we, we've seen some tea leaves about the, the shift that's happening with the Kang, Kang Dynasty movie that's now not being called that behind closed doors. We still don't know, is Kang the Conqueror someone who still has a place in the Marvel story moving forward as a central figure, which is what the plan was? Would that be with a different actor, which would have to be the only way they do it if Major's not involved? Or if there's another, a, a bigger major shift that's happening involving maybe moving the story away from the Kang character to someone else. The rumor has been Dr. Doom. And according to Daniel RPK, uh, he, he's apparently not heard rumors that there was a plan to replace Kang as the big bad of this phase that we're in, this, this multiverse saga that, uh, if there was going to be a second villain, if Doom was going to be in it, it was going to be a secondary villain, according to Rickman, Daniel Rickman, Daniel RPK. Um, where do you kind of stand just on kind of how the, the 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 tea leaves are kind of shaking out here with majors and with Marvel's decision to move on? Yeah, I mean, um, like you guys have said, I mean, this, this is a tough deal, tough situation. Uh, I mean, we've sort of, uh, we've, we've covered, we haven't covered the trial, uh, as much but we've covered a lot of the details that we had seen going into it and mm -hmm. uh, it was obviously not a not a great situation altogether um and obviously as the trial played out that that's that's what uh <laughs> that's what we've seen and that's 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 what is uh that's what played out and um you know hopefully everybody uh uh can 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 move forward in a positive positive manner um you know hopefully majors can you know you know grow from this situation and uh you know hopefully you know the you know hopefully grace jabari can move on and and everything can go forward positively but um but for for marvel i mean i understand um i understand uh the decision um, I definitely get the sense based on the timeline that they were, uh, that they were waiting for this. Um, and I won't even go as far as to say, cause I believe I saw, I want to say it was John Campia. He was another, another streamer, uh, YouTuber yeah. that was commenting on this. And he went as far as to say that he got the impression that Marvel was going to keep majors if he, if he got off. On this, yeah, that, is, he, that is also what Daniel Rickman said too. By the way, yeah, and Daniel RPK said that as well. I don't know. 
if I can say that definitively. I mean, again, if reporting is reporting, but um, Campy has said it more more as like an opinion. But I right. like I like when you make a move like that this quickly. I that doesn't strike me as people that were waiting, like that 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 were just waiting on what the jury said. You know, um, because what the jury said, I mean, for example, not to take a, I mean, we've seen, we've seen, there, there's a situation in, in, in basketball that that we've seen with a, I mean, people out there may know Mikey Williams, you know, who's a, you know, high profile high school basketball player who mm-hmm. was dealing with a legal situation and was facing potential jail time, potential felonies. And he just got those that felony those felony charges dropped to a misdemeanor and was able to do probation uh and based on a couple of you know um you know bars he had to reach and with that with those those felonies being dropped to misdemeanors it seems as if he may be allowed to play college basketball and that you know that mindset, using that mindset, you could make the same argument. The Marvel could have done the same thing and said, "Well, you know, he was he was found guilty on the on, on misdemeanors, but there was no no felony charges or anything like that, so we could go forward with it." But clearly, they didn't take that approach. So I almost get the sense that they were they were done not just based off what the verdict had to say, but just based off of the facts and based off what they know mm-hmm. and based off of how they wanted to operate. Because uh, I don't think that you should solely base your decisions on 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 you know again the verdict if the verdict is split in that in that sense um then i feel like you should also take into account how do you like what is your handle on the situation is it somebody you're comfortable moving forward with and i understand why marvel may have seen that and said no um but but yeah with how swiftly they acted they were certainly i think waiting and i think that the the guilty the, the guilty verdict just gave them the legal out to make this move as fast as they did without having to jump through hoops and yeah. settlements and pay buyouts and things of that nature. They now can, they now can, you know, rest on the idea that, you know, in this contract is definitely stipulations about, uh, conduct and, right. you know, criminal, criminal activity. Yeah, clearly so. they, they feel, they, they feel no kind of, you know, fear of, Lawsuits or whatever, to yeah. Just not, retaliation. You know, they, yeah. you know they ain't paying him any. They ain't paying him anything. Like whatever nah. bread he had coming to him is has ended as of today or yesterday. So exactly. Yeah, so that's that why they, they were that, so quick. That joint, yeah, they dropped the draw that quick. So clearly, whatever he got in his contract made it very clear that he couldn't have. Some and they couldn't do it before because if you do it before, then all of a sudden, while the thing hadn't played out yet. Right, you know, again, now lawyers you can manipulate it a certain, a certain way, and you, yeah. you seriously don't know how because obviously this is a close call. You seriously don't know how they're gonna they're going to the charge or they're gonna decide. Um, then that's obviously a risky play. So yeah, that that's my take on obviously Marvel's decision in the immediate. But in terms of going forward, um, I, this is one that's I don't know if people know. I'll be honest. I mean, people are. It, was, it doesn't sound yeah. like people know what Marvel's going to do. I mean, I, yeah, I, I like, don't see any anything concrete. You know, the 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 one of the lead scooper. I wouldn't even call him scooper. One of the lead leakers out there. My time to shine uh, came out there, and uh, you know they were pretty confident that he's going to get recasted. 
Um, you know, they've said that multiple times now over the past two days. And uh, but then I, but then the trade seemed pretty confident that they're not going to recap. Uh, just the way they don't, they haven't said that, but they just so the wording keep, in the articles they kind of they keep skirting yeah, what happens as to the character, right? And they keep talking about, yeah, I mean, they're making a lot of moves that suggest they may go in a different direction, right? Yeah, and they're setting other stuff up. And I mean, this is these are the same trades that talked were have been talking about Doctor Doom randomly right. for the last six months out of nowhere. So. The trays, the way they write these articles, they're edu- they're they're writing things with information. They might not be putting information on the piece of paper right. or on that article, but you, you reading through the tie, the reading the tea leaves, they ain't just putting stuff out there. They may know any, more than what they're saying, right? Yeah. They know more than what they're saying. So when they say uh, Kang was supposed to be a central character, and you know. Marvel recently has pivoted to making Waldron now write the movie. Like they're telling you they there, say, yeah, they're, they're putting in the article the stuff that that that's major changes may be happening. That they they put in the article, King Dynasty that. is is now Avengers Five. You don't right. put that in there if they still if if they feel like actively King is going to be recasted and nothing's changed. Or you say uh, Avengers Five is King is is there is King King Dynasty is Avengers Five, but it doesn't mean like you say. Well, it doesn't mean that King, the King character is gone. Like the fact that they right. keep avoiding right. they're, that, they're, they're leading you in that direction. So again, we're getting conflicting things, and I I think that right. the trades are probably being safer about it, and that they haven't said anything definitively. But um, honestly, I think there's a good chance we get both. And what I mean by that is, I think there's a good mm-hmm. chance that they do recast King, but it's in a much more limited role than we were going to get with Jonathan Majors. Um, yeah. Only as a way to, to, to story-wise sort of explain why King isn't the big bad anymore or isn't as big of a cog as maybe he would have been. Um, yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my guess on how this plays out. Um, but I do think that they will recast on some level because even though Loki set it up well, to you know, just move away from the character altogether. If you really wanted to, I, I think Kang is a really big. That's a really big character to just to to lose and not and not replace after what happened. Yeah, I mean, I we I love Kang the Conqueror. I mean, love like he's a villain, but like he's a he's a very strong villain in the Marvel universe. I don't think he's a character that you you could you couldn't live without. We'll have we'll talk we we'll have a conversation very soon about characters you can or cannot live without when we talk about the x-men but like in, in a vacuum if you never introduced this guy i don't think you ever i don't think we would have been sitting around like yeah we would have sat around and say oh this is drew kang or whatever but like if he never ever showed up in the marvel cinematic universe i i, just, I don't think it'd be this terrible tragedy it is now because of the eggs they put in the kang basket and in turn the egg they put in the jonathan majors basket now it is troublesome because You've, you've, you've put so much into the character. You've put so much emphasis on his role in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that it's hard to just say, okay, just forget about everything you saw and let's just do something totally different. Which is why I agree. I think that they're going to do some kind of recasting. I think I agree with Kendall full stop. I think it's going to be kind of, uh, they're kind of going to try to, you know, kind of split, you know, kind of split the coin here. I think they're going to try to do a recast. But I think knowing that, like, 
I mean, I think Kang Dynasty was probably going to have a lot of the Kangs that we saw in, because we saw multiple ones in Ant-Man uh, and Wasp at the end of the movie. We also obviously saw multiple ones in Loki. I think that those characters were supposed to reappear. I think that's why they have to rewrite the movie, because I think they're like, we can't have versions of Kang that we've been showing people, that's Jonathan Majors, be the main villain of this Kang Dynasty movie. Like, we need to have a, a whole new Kang, probably. So, I think that's why, I think that's, a, and, and I think it may be, it may just be a one version of Kang the Conqueror versus whatever Avengers we have, and that's it. Just simplifying the movie, as opposed to making it multiple Kangs, perhaps trying to take hold of the sacred timeline. Like, I, to me, that seems very, very simple, and seems like a very semi-easy thing to fix, as long as you're okay with recasting and we know Marvel's been hit or miss when it comes to how they feel about recasting. I, I support it here. I don't think that we should lose as as talented as Majors was and he was extremely talented in the role. I don't think we should just lose Kang just because Majors, you know, screwed up the way he did. And you want to talk about a I don't want to use the word legendary because there's nothing legendary about the acts he did. But you want to talk about a infamous all time <laughs> infamous all time bag fumbling we may not see a bigger one than jonathan majors and to, to be clear how i feel marvel had to do this you had to move on there was no way with i don't care felony misdemeanor you can't have lead marvel actor guilty of assault on ex-girlfriend and him just running around play, playing kang like nothing happened there's just no scenario no realistic situation where you can have that go off and that be cool and nor should it and i think and i want to make this clear because you know i've seen some commentary saying well what about ezra miller well have you listened to the podcast the last three years i mean we've been crushing ezra miller and dc's decisions to move the way they moved for three years what dc did was garbage and it shouldn't have been done and it shouldn't be a blueprint for how we handle assault cases now i think that and, it was and- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and the other, the other aspect of the Ezra Miller thing is that the Ezra Miller, the Flash movie, they're they're done with Ezra. Miller. Like they they right right. Also, they, he's not. They, doing they came out with the Flash yeah. movie, and, but like that was already filmed, and they just had to like it was either that or they had to just you know eat the just losses. The movie, which would have been right. you know million. They already lost right. a lot of money, even though they came out with the movie. But you know yeah. they they're, they're done with Ezra Miller. I don't think we're going to see Ezra Miller again. So that, yeah, that's the other no- part of it is. We saw Loki. We got Loki. They didn't take him out of Loki season two. They were like, well, we'll let, we'll, we already right. filmed this thing. We'll, right. we'll let it, it was, play the, out. The thing, the thing they had that was out there <laughs> while he had the assault charges was out. They didn't They didn't say we're pulling Loki. We're not going to show you nothing until this verdict comes down. They didn't do that. So I think that's a good point. And I think the important point as well, again, I'm, there's no def- – I am not defending DC. Anybody who knows how I feel about what DC did knows I'm not defending DC. But it's – EJ just wants things to be fair, just like at least it's still Ramon. So the Ezra movie, as Kendall Miller, the Ezra Miller Flash movie was already shot when all this stuff went down with Ezra Miller. So uh, you want to have a conversation about whether or not Warner should have been willing to eat $300 million? Okay, I think that's unrealistic. I think it's silly to make that argument. I don't know if it means that they should have done what they did. I totally don't think they should have done what they did. But to act like this is the same as what Marvel 
is doing is is not. It's just not. So I didn't think that any WWE clear, but even beyond any made possible double standards revolving Ezra Miller and Jonathan, staying on Jonathan, you had to move on. Again, you couldn't move forward with a, a main actor, your lead in these movies being someone with those kind of charges. And quite frankly, be forget about like optics. Like and forget about like even verdicts. We know a lot more about Jonathan Majors than we knew three years ago. Okay? We've seen texts that nothing to do with this case that we now know have shed to light. We've seen multiple women come out with allegations about how he treated them. Does this sound like the kind of person that you should be building a cinematic universe around? Clearly not. Clearly not. So there was no other option other than to move on from him. Even on the fact that he just wasn't a trustworthy character to have around. It just it, it, You're putting people who he worked with at danger. You're putting your whole company and other people who rely on these movies to do well at risk because he's a risky proposition. There just was no other option than to get rid of him. So he had to, so he had to go for Jonathan majors. The whole thing, first of all, shout out to, uh, you know, Jabari. This is obviously a horroring situation who, again, there's a split verdict. So there's a lot of questions about what happened, what didn't happen. We do know there's a lot of things about this relationship that clearly were very disturbing from his side. I, a hope that whatever help he gets, he needs to get, he gets. Um, but it's an important reminder to all people, keep your hands to yourself. There's no reason to be putting your hands on people. They take your phone, okay, they take your phone. You got caught, whatever the situation was, was allegations of cheating. All right, you get caught cheating, they took your phone. Okay, you don't get in the fight with someone over your cell phone, especially a woman when you're a man. And again, I'm saying all people. Nobody should put their hands on anybody. And it's it's a it's a, it's sad that someone who clearly is, I would argue, a prodigious talent. I don't. I mean, he was in a bad movie. He made the movie watchable because of how talented he was. Nobody can deny Jonathan Majors is talented. It's sad that this crap is the reason why he's now lost everything. It's warranted. It's hard. I can't say I feel. I feel bad just from a, a pure human sense. I don't feel bad in terms of like he did the stuff. So like this is what happens. People do that. But it, it's sad just when you see a person that talented that clearly had they been steered the right way, had they realized what they were doing was wrong, this wouldn't happen to him. Maybe they could have matured, as Shamari noted. Hopefully, this is a, a opportunity for him to mature and to take accountability. I think if there's one thing about this. Um, that I think will be interesting to see just for his career. It's not really going to be for our show anymore because he won't be doing anything with Marvel or DC. But it will be interesting to see just, like, kind of what does the Jonathan Major 2.0 look like. Like, he was extremely defiant in this legal case. And he's fighting for his career. He's fighting for his freedom. I, I, I'm not even going to say that. Yeah. I have a sit here and, like, are, like, judge him for it. But, okay, there's a guilty verdict now. Are you going to sit there and say now for the next five, ten years that I've done, never done anything wrong and I'm completely innocent, which is what he's been saying for the last six, seven months? Or do we see any kind of change from Jonathan Majors? That will be something for him 
to to deal with and it'd be interesting to follow from a distance. Yeah, I mean, I that that's the uh, that's the thing about this that I'm not uh, is that I don't feel too bad too bad about you know again hopefully you know because I mean both of these both of these parties involved in this thing you know there's mentions of you know you know people both parties thought the other party was contemplating suicide and just again just toxic all together around so it's it's a it's an unfortunate situation but um but the, the so i do feel bad in general but the one part about this is that look i don't i don't think that this isn't the end in my opinion of Jonathan major's career uh it is the end of his career in the short term uh, like and, you said, I we think, won't see I, him I, for I a think, while, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's probably the end of him ever being like the next big thing. That's never going to happen again. Could he? Yeah, work I mean, in Hollywood again? Sure. Like, could he be an actor and getting decent movies? Sure. He's again, he's a great talent, and people can. Change. I mean, the, it, the next big thing is obviously, I you know, I mean, yeah, is he, is he ever going to be whatever you want to call him? Like the is he the chosen one? I don't know, but right. I mean, he was clearly think, the next the next one up, and I, this, this that's never going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, I think I and I don't think this is the last time we'll ever see him in a major film. Um, but but these people, you know, these people come back um, five, you know, even two, three years from now. We start seeing him in, in different roles, TV, smaller roles, you know, as like a dip to toe, see how people react. Um, because we've seen people with with even more, you know, heinous allegations you know somehow you know they wind up back in the in the public eye and they wind up i mean you know this is a different industry but like you know morgan wallen you know the biggest country (laughs) country star in the world probably at this point uh he's got plenty of plenty of skeletons in his closet revolving around you know using you know racial slurs and things of that nature and yeah, you want to go. I mean, able music, to skirt it. The, the music industry. I mean, yeah, we could just list. Yeah, off. I mean, you go down so the many, go down so the list of, of almost in almost every genre. It's crazy, right? And and so that's the only that's the only re, that's the only thing I'll say is that you know his PR team got to work. You know, I mean, his PR team probably dropped him, but like he's got a, <laughs> he's got a fine he's got a fine one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I know PR team. Yeah. I was like, I mean, look, man, I, I'll jump on the bandwagon if he pays me enough now, but uh, if he finds somebody, but no, his new PR team uh, has got to, has got to uh, do a lot of work to, um, to get him on, you know, get him on these, these morning shows, do these interviews. Uh, and like you said, it just, he's got to, he's got to come with a much different approach. Uh, but like, for example, my, you know, Michael Vick is like the is like the the, the obvious he's one. Close, I think that's how John Roca. Yeah, he's the closest child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen John Roca throw out the Michael Vick name. Like that's a guy. And I, let's face it, like Michael Vick. I mean, we always say like he did two years. You know, <laughs> he did a year and a half. He did a year yeah, and a half in, did, yeah, in prison. He did real time. He did he did real time. So I think that that people miss that sometimes when it comes to the the Michael Vick comedy. People act as if he got off and nothing didn't. <laughs> he got no punishment. Yeah, uh, he 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 lost a lot, but he came back, you know. So, uh, like I said, hopefully the the major situation. Hopefully, you know, he can come back as a as a, as a much better person, you know. Because like you guys said, even beyond whatever personal relationships, you know, there are people in, in Hollywood circles who just been like, yeah, it's not a not a great dude to work with. But um, 
but yeah, hopefully that 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 we get a, an improved Jonathan Majors. But I'll I'll be honest, I've said it before. You know, I said it while this thing was happening that I I don't want to call it a blessing in disguise for Marvel because, uh, like you guys said, it's, it's a, a, a massive inconvenience. Uh, it's not something that they would have done had this thing not played out. Um, but the the King storyline, I don't just don't think it was working. Um, and I don't think it's because they were using Kang or, and I don't think it's because Jonathan Majors hasn't worked. I just think the King storyline hasn't worked. Um, period, just because of a lot of things Marvel aren't working. And you wonder if this now gives them an opportunity to, to reset. Um, and if it means moving to Doctor Doom, which I've seen a lot of people talking about how they don't want that to happen, which is very interesting. Like, I remember when the T'Challa situation played out, played out. We thought, you know, the, the initial the initial thing when Chadwick Boseman passed was, you know, people didn't want them to recast because they were just like, that would be callous and this and that. And obviously that, that momentum has shifted quite a bit uh, in present day. But the initial momentum with this is that people want them to recast Kang and they don't want Doctor Doom in part, I think, because the one, there's a feeling that... Uh, moving to Doctor Doom would just be too quick and too rushed and it won't work in that they that there's plenty of guys that could play Kang. Which I agree there are plenty of guys that could play Kang. Um but I think that you could do Doctor Doom quickly and insert him. I think you could do it well. Yeah, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the conversation mm-hmm. we're gonna have to continue to follow as we follow kind of what Marvel does. That's the next step is, is how they handle um, the fallout from the situation. We'll continue to follow that. I do want to shift gears, Sham, to the X-Men news that we got, which has been kind of overshadowed by the <laughs> the the, uh, the Kang stuff and the Jonathan Major stuff, though I think Marvel tried their best to get people off Jonathan Majors by giving Daniel RPK these rumors about the X-Men. I'm not sure how well it actually did in terms of making people feel good. So, this is the latest from Daniel RPK regarding the X-Men project, which is, again, something we know pretty much nothing about. Like, we have, we don't know anything about what Marvel's plans are with X-Men still, and this was probably, again, the most information we got about what they plan to do with the X-Men. So, according to Daniel RPK, a few things. Number one, rumored villain, Mr. Sinister. They want to move forward. Apparently, Feige doesn't want the movie to feel anything like what 20th Century Fox did. So one of the ways to do that, insert Mr. Sinister, a character that they have never shown on screen in any of the um, any of the X-Men movies. He was teased in a post credit scene, but we never actually got to be introduced to Mr. Sinister in any movies. Number two, more of a female focus on the team. So the when I say female focus, I should rephrase that. More of a focus on the female members of the X-Men. So, most of these movies in the past, it's pretty much Wolverine and the X-Men. It was a Wolverine movie, basically. This one, according to Daniel RPK, will have more of a focus on the female members of the team. Who those are, exactly, we don't know as of now. But, your usual suspects, you would expect. Gene, Storm, maybe Shadowcat, maybe Jubilee... Maybe Psylocke. I mean, you pick. Your, there's plenty of female characters. Rogue. Pick, so, Rogue. So you know, you know the, you know the deal. Number three. 
Magneto. Apparently, no plans to be in this movie, according to Daniel RPK. So, if Moonfall was sinister, as the villain, Magneto apparently not in the picture for this movie. These are very interesting details, Sham. I think for me, the one... I'm not sure, like... There was some backlash to this on Twitter, which is shocking, right? Huh. Uh, there was some backlash, backlash on Twitter to anything. Backlash right. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. There's backlash on Twitter slash X to some of this stuff. I think the one, the one that's most concerning to me. I'm not. I'm not. I'll be honest. For me, I wasn't too concerned about any of these in terms of being major issues. I think the one that I think would be important for Marvel to try to figure out is if you're not doing Magneto, which I'm okay with him not being a main villain in the first X-Men movie. We've seen Magneto a million times. But there is something important that Magneto brings to the table, which is a foil and an alternative to Charles' vision of what mutant human harmony looks like in the Marvel Universe. And it's important because we know when Stan Lee created these characters, it was supposed to be this, you know, Marvelous King, Malcolm X kind of, like, dichotomy that he was trying to bring to the mutant conversation in his books. And that's something that continues literally now for decades up until now in 2023, entry 2024. Still the conversation is still something that people who write the X-Men have to balance. If you're not going to have that, what happens to that conversation? Like, what happens to the plight that mutants are going through on earth and acceptance that they don't receive how do you how do you represent that is it even possible like mr sinister as great a villain as he is i mean he's sassy he's a jerk um he's literally not to put no pun intended sinister but he, he he's almost kind of like very much like in his own world of like what he wants to do and just creating the just most powerful mutants possible because he's, he's a creep right he's, he's collecting people's DNA right like great villain but like there's a moral there's a morality to the X-Men story that I think is represented well between the Charles and Magneto dichotomy if you don't have that are you able to present that in a way that doesn't feel very one note that doesn't feel very cheap where it's just some senator yelling about how we gotta, you know, we gotta exterminate the mutes, you know. Like, I, I, I hope that they find a way to, to answer that. You want to focus more on Gene and Storm and Shadowcat? Cool. We don't, we didn't, we, we didn't know anything about Kitty Pryde before. I don't have a problem with that. I've seen a million of Magneto. I think there's some for me. I think the one person I'd say is I think I would love to see a movie that's centered on Cyclops. I think that's something that, that the Fox movies clearly botch. But whatever. Uh, and I'm cool with Miss Sinister, but that not having Magneto thing is a pretty big move, in my opinion. What do you think of this uh, details, uh, Sham? Yeah, I mean, I think those are interesting uh, details. Um, I, I definitely don't have any issue with, I'd say, actually, I'm kind of with you. I don't really have any a big issue with any of them. Um, so I'm, I, I probably wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't really have any kind of, you know, backlash of any kind towards any of them. Um, I do think they're all curious though. Um, I don't have an issue with it, with any of them, but, but I think they're all interesting. 
Mr. Sinister, as you as you pointed out, I mean, there's not much else really needs to be said. It's an interesting choice for like a you know main villain, right? Or, or I mean, it. I mean, I'm sure it can be done well, but it's a very it's that is. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll just be interesting to see how that's executed. Um, uh, in terms of the female leads, I mean, X Men has plenty of you know strong female characters, so that that shouldn't be. That that it, I think my only I think my only it's not even pushback, but my only thing to that is I feel like there have been like female like I feel like the last I feel like that was like almost kind of an issue not an issue but it was kind of a thing in the last thing was that Mystique was leading the X Men and mm. and like it was like that's fair and uh, you know we did the Phoenix Force twice those are both female Jean Grey centric stories. And I mean, I feel like we have had like strong, like or powerful, technically leading like female characters in the X Men. But I think if you're making the team maybe as a whole more female centric, I mean, I guess that would be different. Um, uh, so I so I guess I would just have to see just how different they're trying to make this in that regard. Um, I would hope that there would be more of a focus on Storm, of course. I like Storm as a character. I think that would be new and cool and fun to see. Um, you know, uh, you pointed out Shadowcat. I know Shadowcat had a bit of a larger role in the kind of in the Days of Future Past, but not really. So maybe you can, you know, yeah, I mean, show I mean, more. This Days of Future Past comic is a Shadowcat comic that they turned right. into a Wolverine com Wolverine movie. Yeah, which is one of the, so, as much as I love that movie and I defend that movie to the death. It's the one thing. It's one thing that annoys me about that film. Yeah. So maybe they can do. They they can show a bit more from Shadowcast perspective. I think that would be nice. Um, and and I also think Rogue got a lot of shine in the first X Men movie. That that is um, very fair. I thought about that too as well. I mean, I feel like she was. You could you could make the case she's the main character of the movie. Um, especially for the for the beginning of the movie. So. So it, you, I think it'll, it'll just be interesting for me to see how that's executed. I hope they focus on the ones that didn't get any shine, your or not nearly enough as they should have. Storm, EJ, you mentioned Jubilee. Um, you know, uh, I mean, and you go down the list. And I also feel like the Gifted did a good. Yeah, job I mean, I mean, we can talk well. about characters they haven't introduced. They haven't introduced. Well, I guess Magic was technically in the new event, new. New Mutants, but I mean, New Mutants, yeah, still have to watch, watch that. that movie. But like someone like Magic, um, uh, yeah, someone like Polaris, you know, like like there's several female yeah. X Men characters that we still have not seen yet that perhaps they become more of a factor in these yeah. movies as well. And as for as for not having Magneto, I feel like uh, we did kind of see that with the Gifted in terms of showing how the whole mutant mm-hmm. thing. They kind of focus more on the government. And um, and then um, I believe it was the Hellfire Club. I believe, right? Was was the uh, uh, yes, yeah. So they kind of did, which I think that's something Kendall mentioned before as well as something that he thought could be cool. But um, well, it'll be it's just it'll be interesting to see. They're all interesting choices. I will miss Magneto. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> a lot of people are going to be clamoring for Magneto. So they definitely have a task ahead of them to make people um, make people forget about his absence I mean 
Kenna, wh- wh- where do you stand on on, the, on this X Men? These X Men details. Yeah, uh, the Magneto thing is interesting because, um, and it's funny because you know I, I think I mentioned on the show like you know I've been rewatching X Men Evolution uh, up to the last season at this point. Um, season two and three are excellent, but uh, season one not excellent. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I mean this this is interesting because Magneto uh, is a character that one i think you can do a good job of building hype and building his character up with him not on screen uh and with him being an off-screen figure a sort of this you know boogeyman so to speak uh and i think that you can build to magneto in a second x-men movie if that's how you want to do it um the other possibilities with magneto is you know like shibari said if you don't want to you don't want to, you know, clamoring for Magneto. You could put him in there's a Scarlet Witch movie that's being rumored. Uh, you know, we don't know if that's a thing or not. Part of me is not super excited about that. But if 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 you're gonna do a Scarlet Witch movie, the only way that I want to see that is if you told me Magneto was in. And if you told me Magneto was in that movie, and you know, maybe there's a Quicksilver involved, and now all of a sudden I'm 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 all in. So you know, there's Magneto is a character that doesn't have to solely be X-Men uh, affiliated. You know, like he could be he could be a part of multiple different corners of the Marvel Universe, similar to Wolverine in that sense. Obviously, he's mostly centered around the X-Men, but um, but he can maybe get his introduction in something else before he tackles the X-Men. So, similar to Doctor Doom. So, um, I'm not as worried about the, 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 the Magneto part of it. Um, because I do think that we should get another villain. Uh, Mr. Sinister makes sense because he is, I think, personally, the most high-profile, biggest X-Men villain that we haven't seen yet. Uh, and we've had, like, you know, what, like, double-digit X-Men movies at this point? So there aren't a whole lot. Had. But, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're running them down. We've seen Magneto. We've seen Apocalypse. We've seen Sabretooth. We've seen Mystique. We've seen... Uh, who else have we seen? Dark Phoenix. Um, we've gotten the Hellfire Club. We've gotten the Sentinels right, and Trask. I forgot we got the Hellfire Club. We've gotten the Sentinels. We've gotten Trask. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, look at a, I, at a list. I'm gonna look at a list. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like we did yeah, before. We talking about is, yeah, we were talking about is like onslaught. Like that would be another right. one. Um, right. which is something I think they could wind up doing at some point. Yeah, and we never asked. We never got Shadow King, which is not storm big, center. Not, not on the big screen, no. We have seen them. Right, we didn't get live action. Yeah. Uh, we've, seen, we've, seen ju- we've seen Juggernaut. We've never seen Omega Red. Uh, but I think no. the people we've named probably... No. Shadowcast probably the only one... I mean, excuse me, uh, Shadow King is the only one, if we're talking just only movies, that would rival... Sinister. He's, he's more. He's more Xavier Storm centric, opposed yes. to like, yeah, you know, they're you know, whereas Sinister is somebody that you get, you can you can do a whole series of movies based on him if you really wanted to. Yeah. But I mean, I could argue Sinister is like more more important than like Mystique and Juggernaut, like right, exactly, and even Sabretooth. Like, I mean. He's an A-list. He's an A-list X-Men villain, no doubt about that. Yeah, especially in terms of like you talk about power and you know where his status. Like, 
those other so some of those other characters can sometimes in a lot of mediums they're goons for Magneto. Uh, yeah. So, which you know, and sometimes they're not. But um, so yeah, I mean, this is definitely the biggest villain that that they haven't done yet. And it's not to say that all those villains that they've have done have done been done greatly. You know, you do Apocalypse again for sure, and a lot of you know Hellfire Club you definitely do again. Like there's different different versions of these characters, uh, and it, that that you could do better. And the Phoenix Force, nobody wants to see that, but do that yeah. better um so so chris chris, uh, chris claremont of course he created the sinister character um he wrote this i think this is interesting i'm on the wikipedia he said uh he he created the character having quote felt tired of just going back to magneto and the brotherhood of evil mutants and the same old same old claremont recalled david cockrum and i went over ideas about and what we were coming towards was a mysterious young boy, apparently an 11-year-old, at the orphanage where Scott was raised, Scott Summers, uh, who turned out to be the secret master of the place. In effect, we were setting up uh, was a guy who was aging over a lifespan of roughly a 1,000 years, even though he looked like an 11-year-old. He'd actually been alive since the mid-century point uh, at this point. He was actually about 50. He had all grown up urges. He's growing up in his mind but his mind is incapable of handling it, which makes him quite cranky. And of course, like an 11 year old, he would take him seriously and uh, seriously in the criminal community. So he, he built himself into an agent in a sense, which is what Mysterio, Miss, excuse me, Mr. Sinister, that was in effect, the rationale behind Sinister's rather, for, rather for want of a better world, childish or kid-like appearance, the costume, the look, the face, it would scare a child. Even when he, he was designed, he wasn't, what you'd expect uh, a guy to look like. I mean, I think that there is, I mean, if there's one thing I think that the X-Men movies have missed, there hasn't, uh, look, it's tough, because again, the mutant story is very important, but Mr. Sinister is a master manipulator. Master manipulator. Like, among the most manipulative people in the Marvel Universe. And we haven't quite seen a, a a true battle of wits for Charles from a strategic standpoint, from almost a military war standpoint, when it comes to this fight for the mutant race. When it comes to this, I mean, the, the lot of stuff with Magneto was more like, it was more just like philo- philosophical. Yeah, you know, like like Mrs. Sinister presents a very different challenge as as someone who is and- willing to shiv whoever he has to shiv do the most dirtiest things possible to put people in positions for as uh, i think chris climber put there like for like very like like ridiculous like means again it's like again he has this obsession of like creating perfect mutants and the perfect (laughs) and and finding again people's dna and matching together and cloning like he's he's a he's a a sick dude (laughs) and (laughs) I think that there is something to that that I can see why you would say, and it's the reason why he's a great X-Men character, why, uh, you know, Feige would say this is something we should try to bring to the mainstream. I think something that Fox eventually did want to get to. It's just, it's just, and, and it's just going to be tough for them to do that in a first movie. It's a challenge. There, and there, there have been some reports uh, that he's also supposed to be the main villain of, or that they're going to be bringing back at least in X-Men 97. So I think that that couple that and that came out before this so if you couple that with with this report i would it definitely add some credence to it 
uh, in terms of its validity. Um, I'll play slight devil's advocate on the the female focused, uh, and you guys said a lot of stuff that I would say, but because um, I think that's definitely the most you know going to be the most controversial part of this uh, of this uh, report, and you know I I don't. It, First of all, we're taking this at face value. I, I don't really know what the source is of Daniel RPK's report. Like, where did he get? Did, he, did is this from a? Is this something that was said by Kevin Feige internally, and you know somebody gave this to him? Is this something that somebody read a script or saw some sort of outline of the of, of what they're planning on doing, and just kind of knows, and he's just sort of saying, saying this off the cuff, like this is someone's interpretation? Because, like Shamari said. You could argue some of those X Men movies were female focused. It's it's a certain point of view, like you guys both said. I mean, mostly it's Wolverine focused, and everybody else kind of gets the short end of the stick. Uh, besides Charles and Magneto, and and then you know if you want to throw a Mystique, but like there's you know I I, I so it really just depends on the certain a certain person's point of view anyway. But if if we're taking this completely at face value and this is one hundred percent true. Uh, if the out the outcome's the outcome that uh, you know again I've seen we've seen plenty of female focused movies again female focused X Men movies and it's fine I don't like the mentality of approaching it that way if that is their if that is their mentality and again that's not necessarily you know we don't know that for a fact again but um, I just feel like this is a, this is an MCU that. Uh, you know they've they've had those allegations before, and I, I we talked about it, uh, and I talked about it when you know there's the Sue Storm controversy, people talking about Sue Storm being the lead in Fantastic Four, and how I didn't think that that was a problem because, and I don't think Marvel's had this problem, and I think that you know a lot of the, the this you know the quote unquote MCU allegations have been made up largely, and but. When you continue to when you continue to put stuff like this out, uh, and reports like this come out, and again, this is something that could have came from James Gunn for all you know. This could have came from <laughs> DC, you know, just putting out stuff just to get people upset. But like, there are plenty of characters that you can do. Uh, you guys mentioned there's excellent female characters with the X Men. A lot of those characters haven't gotten uh, some shine. Um, and there's a certain way that you could have put this out there that would have alluded to a lot of the characters that'll be, you know, getting their just due. You know, if, if they would have said Storm, uh, Shadowcat, and Cyclops are going to be getting a much bigger focus in this trilogy of X-Men movies than we got in the past, then if someone would have interpreted that as two female characters, one male... I'd have been like, I don't know, it's just three X Men characters, you know. One just had, <laughs> two just have to be female. One, but if, you, if if this ends up where it's like, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are all female and they're the only main characters and they're the central figures and, you know, it, like I and I don't think that that's what this is saying, but like that is what I think is like the, you know, that is like the nightmare for some of these people out there. And just the wording of this is terrible. It's just it's just terrible optics. For where Marvel has been, where they're going, and um, yeah, and, and it, I, it, it immediately leads to the, the people shutting down. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like because we saw with the Marvels, like before people even saw that movie, people, were like, I'm not watching. 
you know, it just seems like it's 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 woke or blah blah blah, and it's like, you know, and I mean, we watched it, and I, I thought it was fine. It wasn't a great movie, but like, but to me, I just feel like you, you know, when you approach it that way. And you get people to have these these feelings that oh they're, they're being programmed or whatever. This is you know you lead to negative just negative thoughts and negative approaches and I don't know I I I largely think that they haven't had a problem, so that's why I'm like if 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 this was something that where I'm like yeah the X Men were just were like it was, it was five or six men and one woman in the past <laughs> I'd have been like yeah this is definitely something that they've got to change but i'm like i think they've done a good job before um yes some of the female characters have gotten shorter in the stick but like so is cyclops so is gambit we haven't even seen gambit at least a good version um you know nightcrawler has been, been given, given the short end of the stick like there's plenty of characters that haven't been done well colossus hasn't been done well beast has been all right you know wolverine again wolverine and professor x the only male characters that have been consistently good so that's why I'm like, I you know, I, I just think it's 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 a weird way of approaching it. You think that you think that this so-called initiative is unnecessary? If that's the case, and that's the thing. I don't know if it is. I I, don't, I mean, I can only believe what, what I'm being told. But um, I think that, and I think that's going to be yeah. Sorry about that. It just yeah, and that's then it just if 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 it, Kevin Feige hadn't said that until. Like, we just got this insomniac leak, you know, and if we had a leak of Marvel Studios and there was some presentation that said, you know, we're going to make the X-Men female-focused and blah, 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 and then I'd feel like, all right, now I understand why people are, quote-unquote, upset because, you know, it's like this is this is a, uh, you know, something that they're pushing, quote-unquote. Uh, but if this stuff that happens naturally, like... You know, Storm being the main character or being a main character is not a controversial or uh, surprising decision. Um, Shadowcat being featured as she's largely omitted is not would not be a controversial decision. Uh, you know, Jean Grey, like Sinister being the villain, suggests Jean Grey is going to play a major factor right. along with Cyclops. Uh, still, you know, and that's fine. I, mm-hmm. I think it's smart. I've said it in the past that like. You want to make Cyclops a bigger character, make Sinister the villain, and you would also allow Jean Grey to have a Jean Grey story that doesn't involve the Phoenix Force. And, and again, Jean Grey is always more powerful than Cyclops. You know, she she's she's the most powerful X Man. Oh, you know, level me. Always like she's always front and center in any X Men story in both of the both of the trilogies we got. She was front and center. She was the most powerful person in both universes. So, you know, there's no shortage of powerful women. And I think and I, it, I my thing is, I'm hoping they just give shine to ones that just hadn't gotten shine. That's what I that's what I'm hoping this means, Kendall, um, because I do I do agree that I think if they just oh, if they just, you know, Professor X isn't really the leader, it's, you know, some Jean Grey. I, I don't know if they if they just did something that just didn't seem to make any sense or or just went totally against like the the conventional wisdom of what the x-men is for the sake of oh we're making a cool we were making a cool female team i'd agree with you that that's very unnecessary <laughs> like it's going to turn off a lot of fans <laughs> and it makes people and and i think what i think part of what you're saying as well is it makes people just see like she-hulk you know right 
and and then they just immediately dismiss it because they're like, oh, this is quote unquote woke or this is this and that, and it's like Runaways, for example, had what three females, two males. I don't think I mean I didn't watch it thinking, oh, this is female focus, like this is female centric, you know, blah blah blah. I can't watch it, but like they, if you would have told me like going into it that that was female focused. And that's what I got. I'd have been like, "All right, it's fine, whatever." But, like, but then, but like, if you told me like this is female focused in the same way the Marvels is female focused, I'd be like, "Well, I don't know." <laughs> and that's what I think people are internalizing it as. And I'm like, "Which right. is why I think it's." And I think that's why you we'll see what it ends up being. Right. I think that's why it's important. I think is why you asked the important question of like, where is Daniel RPK getting this from? I'm, like, I think we all right. kind of respect that he gets good info for the most part. But, like, is he getting fed that Marvel is, like, like Marvel had some kind of mandate to make sure that the X-Men movie is female-focused? Or are they crafting stories and saying, hey, like, you know, we're coming up with a story we really like, and it just happens to focus on Storm, right. Shadowcat, and Dream or whatever. Like, I don't know. But, like, in some ways, when you present, the way he presented it, he presented it in the most... And again, I'm not. He, this could be how Marvel's doing it. So I don't. I don't want to like. I'm not trying to even like cast versions of him. It's he a dangerous report. <laughs> presented it in a way that would have created the most divisive response. Right. You know what I'm saying? He presented it as with no you know, context, Mar- Mar- with, with zero context. Marvel's yeah. focusing on a female on, on female characters of the X Men. You, you know what you're gonna get when you get that kind of thing. And again, I'm not. I'm not at all saying that. Daniel was is, was wrong to do it that way because that's what Marvel was doing. He's just reporting the news. I don't know, but right, somebody's telling him that. Somebody's telling him that. Right, but if that is not how Marvel's moving forward in their minds, they're just saying, okay, we have a roster of seven people and they're trying to craft a story that centers around Mister Sinister as a villain. And in their head, they thought that a story that again centers around Storm, Kitty, and Jean somehow ended up being what they wanted to do. And it's a bomb ass story. Then it's a bomb ass story. And then you may say, yeah. And then you're asking questions about, oh, who's the people that your story, the characters are focused on? You say, well, yeah, well, we know we have a really big origin on 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 uh, on Aurora. We have, you know, obviously Mr. Sinister, so Gene's gonna play a big role. And then like, is Daniel then taking that and saying, oh, it's gonna be female focused? That would be, you know, right. true, but maybe right. a little misleading the way he he presented it. So we don't it's know like that. It's like the Storm thing. Like right. the Sue Soren thing, like you add context to it, we, we still don't totally know what the context is. But like p- some people read it or heard it and and thought, well, so Sue Storm is the leader of the Fantastic Four, and it's like that's not necessarily what he said. It's what, just that yeah, it's not. She, it's not she the is way. the lead of the movie, which could mean a million different things. But it could just mean that like she, you know, she's the central figure that ends up or, yeah, winning, whatever. ends up winning the the thing, ends up finishing the deal. You know what I mean? So. And like, it's so hard. We like, don't we really talk, know yet. It's so hard. We talk about this all the time. Like it's hard when we're talking about plot details for a movie where we don't know the plot. You know, so like yes, where like when it comes to the Sue Storm thing or it comes to this X Men thing, it's like we're, like people who are gonna lose their mind and whatever they're gonna lose their mind. I don't really care much about those people, but like we lose your mind over things where we don't even know what. Okay, it's a female focused X Men. What does that even mean? Like what? What? What's the story? Okay, it's Mister Sinister. What is he doing? There's a million mysteries to story. Like, what? What's his angle? Is his angle Gene? Is his angle? Is he with the Marauders? And he's like slurring the Murlocs. Like, there's a million things you can do for Mister Sinister. Like, we don't have enough information. Now we're gonna speculate and we're gonna 
have our conversations because this is supposed to be fun. And you know, some people don't like to make it fun. Like this is supposed to be fun, but it's it's so hard when you get some of these details. I'm happy we got them. Shout out to Dave RBK. But it's hard when you hear okay that it's a movie that's going to focus on the female members of the X Men, and you say okay, well again. What does that mean? Is Marvel just doing it because they feel like they have to focus on the female X-Men? Because I would agree. I don't think that they have to. I would love to see a story that focused on Cyclops. The guy has been completely shafted in every X-Men movie they've done. There's no disrespect to the char- the actors that played him. I actually like the actors that played Cyclops in every movie that we've seen. It's just the people who wrote those movies just didn't seem to give a crap about Cyclops. So we got what we got. He's the leader of the team. He's Essentially, Charles is almost like surrogate son. Like, I think that he should get a lot more shine. But that's not what's happened. Who's to say that he he ends up getting still a lot more shine than those movies? But this movie just still happens to have a lot more stuff on Gene and again Aurora. I don't know. But then this is and and I told our brother Henry I was like, not to cut you off, but this is why we need multiple X Men projects ultimately. Right. This is why we said too. Right. Like, we, this wouldn't be an issue if we had, like, two or three X-Men things. Because then it's like, all right, yeah, we got a movie that's got, you know, because you can only have a limited amount of characters in any movie. Like, well, let me, without let me make a bold, let, somebody let me make a bold prediction. Yeah, let me make a bold prediction. I think that there are. I, and, and actually, it, I think that's why Magneto is not going to be in this movie. I think he's going to end up And that's why it. Daniel RPK can maybe be focused, can maybe be comfortable saying... Yeah, it's gonna be a female-focused movie, and why Marvel could maybe be fo- comfortable saying that, knowing that like, you know, there will be other movies, right. there will be mean, other we, Marvel X Men things coming near in the same window. Yeah, we heard years ago that they were planning anthology <laughs> series type things with Magneto and Wolverine. That's not we; those reports were out there. I can't imagine those things just go away because it's just been a lot of time. Like they, they haven't been doing anything. So why would those things disappear? So I, the, when the X-Men stuff happens, I think we're going to be hit with an anvil. Like, as much as we complain about having nothing for these five years, seven years, I, I guess seven years, how long is, however long it's been since they got that Fox deal, once it happens, I think we're going to be all right, enough of the X-Men. We've seen too much. Like, you know, kind of facetiously saying that. Like, I think we're going to be hit with an anvil. So I, I think some of the stuff we're saying, okay, oh, no Magneto, everybody's going crazy. And, again, I think there are some concerns with it. Uh, there's no way I think that you're going to be going many, many years of X-Men content and Magneto's going to be nowhere to be found. There's no way that's going to be the case. Uh, okay, yeah, we're talking about that oh, female-led movie or whatever. I guarantee you we'll have plenty of X-Men content about Wolverine's going to be a major, right. major, 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 major factor in the MCU. You'll be fine. Gambit's going to be a, a likely going to be a major factor. You yeah. know, Cyclops certainly will be a major factor. You know, and so that that's that's the takeaway. The takeaway take I had is too. Before we move on, I know we're running a little long today, but like I, the thing I take away most from—I mean, the, I took away the obvious thing we talked about with the female-led, the female-centered X-Men story that they're apparently writing. But the one thing I took away too from it that was a positive. That I don't know if anybody really could argue is I thought, oh, cool, we're gonna have a very large team probably because like if it's gonna be female-centric. I can't imagine they're not going to have more women than men on the X Men, or if they do, it's only going to be like one. It's not going to be like it's not going to be five women and then Charles and Cyclops. That's just there's no way that's going to happen. So <laughs> my I guess is, as, as, oh, cool, okay, 
we'll probably have at least three women on the team, which probably means we'll have at least three men on the team. And then, like, now the, who the team I becomes, think the number is going to be six. Yeah, I agree. Be, right? I, I and, agree. And, and, and that's a great number. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, who who are those? Like, who? Like now I'm trying to make, think about who the six are. Like, like you know. We, so this is why we got to do our uh, we got to do our draft that I, I pitched to you guys. We got to do an X Men draft where we <laughs> we yeah, pick we gotta, that definitely our X Men character. Yeah, and maybe that's something I don't know. Maybe something we do in those like production meeting on air. Maybe it's something we do for the new year. You know, maybe that's the first episode of New Year Generation Heroes. Talk to that. What, what, what we can say now is now we are actually in the X Men rumor. Like we're in that space now. We finally made it. Yeah. Like we've been the, in the movies in development. We've been in radio silence for seven years. Oh, however long again? How long they had this thing? This uh, this yeah, yeah, once, was yeah, once we see Beast, now the floodgates are wide yeah, open. I guess technically four years. I guess so it was night twenty nineteen. I guess yeah. when this happened. So I guess twenty eighteen when the when the deal uh, <laughs> right. twenty eighteen so when like the deal started. So about five years. We've been in radio silence about what the hell is happening with X Men. And this is the most information we've we've learned about the X Men. And uh, you know, taking away anything with Deadpool. Because Deadpool is we know is kind of a different thing. Like so I mean I'm excited that we're even in this space. We can actually talk about things they're actually doing. We've been basically bullying Marvel into giving us some kind of information or doing something. And now at least we're in that space. So I think that's a at least a positive step forward there. I do want to wrap the show up real quick talking about some DC stuff. Because I, I, I don't know if you guys are confused, but I'm confused. So let's begin with the first bit of news we got. Which was regarding what was going to happen, or at least what the conversation was with DC Studios co-chair James Gunn and Matt Reeves. When Matt Reeves you know, showed up and decided to... Excuse me. Uh, Matt Reeves uh, was moving forward with his ex- with his Batman franchise. We know Matt Reeves is building his own Batman universe. Essentially, there is a series he's he's developed and already shot, and that thing is going to be uh, coming out this upcoming year, uh, the Penguin series. And when James Gunn made his announcement, and all the you know the trades are talking about the reporting, and then James Gunn himself confirmed what the plan was for DC. He made it clear that the Batman universe that Matt Reeves was developing was going to be Elseworlds. Was essentially that it was going to be something separate from whatever he was going to be doing, building a uh, connected universe. Now we're learning from James Gunn himself that this was not necessarily his choice to do that. He actually gave the choice to Matt Reeves in regards to what he wanted to do with the Batman universe when James Gunn arrived. So, shout out to James Gunn. He's very active on social media, answering fans' questions, which I think is awesome. And he was on threads, and I guess someone you know, commented about, like, what Matt Reeves is allowed or not allowed to do with the Batman, you know, given the weird scenario where you have a Batman movie that's being developed for the DCEU, the Brave and the Bold, and you have, you know, Matt Reeves' Batman universe and uh, and him, you know, not being allowed to be in the DCU and not to cross over. And Matt Reeves, excuse me, James Gunn said, quote, it's not an, quote, allowed thing. It's Matt's choice, and we respect that. So it was Matt Reeves' choice to not include the Batman universe that he's developed into the DCU. Extremely fascinating. Then the flip side to that 
again, more, this was now news that we didn't know. We know that, again, like I said before, the Penguin is coming out. Max is making, is, is coming out with that. The spinoff series from uh, Matt Reeves is the Batman. That, again, Elseworlds property. There were some, we've had some reporting about some kind of Arkham TV series that was happening. There was some reports that maybe it was a TCPD story, um, and maybe that's still happening, but we, there were also stories about this Arkham Asylum uh, project that was happening that was going to be a TV show. So uh, they asked also James Gunn about this on threads again. Maybe you guys should get on threads because James is pretty active on there. And they asked him, like, what the situation was uh, with the other projects that Matt Reeves is producing other than the Batman 2 and Penguin and Arkham. And James Gunn said, right now, Matt is producing Arkham as a DCU series. So there's just two for now. So there, James Gunn saying that the Arkham series that's being produced by Matt Reeves is a DCU series. So for those confused at home, because you may be confused, the Batman starring Robert Pattinson, uh, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz and all the folks that were in that movie, you know, Paul Dano, that movie and anything created in that universe, not part of James Gunn's universe that's going to start with the Superman legacy movie that comes out in 2025. That's not a part of it. That's his own separate thing. It's Elseworlds universe. But Matt Reese is working on a Batman-centric or Batman spinoff series that will be for the DCU that James Gunn is creating. So, I'll go to Kendall first here. I'll go on the first one. How surprised are you that apparently it was Matt Reeves' choice to include the Rob Pattinson Batman universe into the DCU? And should he have? Or to, yeah. Um, so, look, we said it when the DC, or at least I, I said it, I don't know if everybody did, but I think I, mean, I was of this opinion, I know some people were that I mean I didn't love the idea of doing this Batman the Brave and the Bold while we had the DC, the, the Batman universe and that uh, I don't know why you wouldn't just use the Batman in your in that universe and try to weave it in and James Gunn clearly was of the same opinion that yeah if I could I would have he would have just done that but you know he gave Mary the choice and Mary didn't want the baggage um, knowing what that comes with uh, which I think is fine for Matt Reeves. I understand it. Um, he also didn't weave his movies into the DCU, you know, and he was doing something entirely different. Um, and so I understand that, you know, he wouldn't want the baggage of James Gunn stuff either. Uh, so I understand why Gunn operated like that. And I have no problem with Gunn then making the decision, well, we have to do our own Batman because, you know, we need Batman in this universe. Uh, if we're gonna build what Marvel has, can't can't not uh cannot have a Batman running around in your DC universe. So I understand the decisions there. Um, this Arkham series being in the DC in the DCU produced by Matt Reeves is very bizarre. Uh, I guess I understand it from the standpoint that you just think that you know it's something he was working on already. And you think that he does a good job with your with with his Batman characters and whatnot? I just and this gives I guess it gives Matt Reeves more characters that he could play with without having to be tethered to the 
to the universe that he created. But I don't know. It's bizarre. I, I you know, it, it's it's that part is weird. I'll admit that that that's the weirdest part of this because, um, because. It, you know, obviously there would be some confusion as to who, you know, if this is Matt Reeves produced, why isn't this connected to the Batman and all that, but um, but otherwise, I think that it makes sense for all parties uh, and continues, I think, to show James Gunn's had some pretty decent competency when it comes to how he's ran DC. I haven't loved, you know, the the some of the, 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 the Casting of all his Guardians buddies, but you know, you, you kind of knew that was par for the course when he got the he got the like job. Family, like family members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there was a report uh, last last week from I believe it was Hollywood Reporter that uh, that the girl that plays uh, Mantis was was cast in an unknown role in Superman Legacy, and right, yeah. and I I remember I told I told my brother Henry I was like. That's like that's not even news. Like, what is that? What are you telling me that Mantis is going to be in Superman Legacy? Like that's and then also James Gunn debunked it, said it's not true. But I'm like, Mantis right. being in, in Superman Legacy as an unknown in an unknown role, is, I could have told you that. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, but that's 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 where we're that's where we're at. Where you're just like you know people are wondering who's Michael Rooker playing? Is he Perry White? Is he Jor El? Uh, we'll we'll figure we'll figure out. But. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I think that this is uh, interesting news, but I think it's it, it makes sense. Sham, I mean, you're you're you've been a big fan of Matt Reeves' work beyond the Batman. You love the Eights movies, so I feel <laughs> like you have a good take on kind of Matt Reeves. How surprised were you that he was offered to include the Batman into the James Gunn DCU DCU verse that was being created? And are you disappointed that he didn't take the offer to include it with whatever James Gunn is creating outside of Batman? Um, a little bit. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't or wasn't at all disappointed. I understand. I agree with kind of. I understand his decision. He's kind of been making his own thing, no restrictions in terms of, or maybe not no restrictions. I don't know what restrictions Gunn would would be or wouldn't be placing on him, but you know. At least no, like, you know, universe, oh, well, it, it's not like he's creating the story with James Gunn and however many other people, right? Like, he is, he's creating the story. Um, so, I mean, I understand it from that perspective, and I think that makes sense. You know, and I may be, we may get better stories as a result of that. You know, I haven't seen any of James Gunn's DC yet. So, um you know, it remains to be seen um, how that would fit, but um, but but knowing that this bat this version of Batman is in that DCU is is in that DCU, and this version of Gotham is in that DCU would have given the DCU a big boost in credibility uh. and a big boost in excitement uh, from my perspective. So. Uh, so yeah, it is a bit of a bummer, um, you know. I I am though, you know. Honestly, I am very excited that he's working on like an Ar- Arkham series uh, for the DCU. Um, you know, again, Matt Reeves is. I mean, his projects have been great. Ace movies are great, as you as you pointed out. His uh, 
you know, obviously I love the Batman. I have very, very high expectations for the Batman too. So, um, and then of course the, the, I'm looking forward to the Penguin show as well. Um, you know, so I, so, I mean, this is all just good news to me. Uh, but it is a bit of a bummer that, um, you know, that the, that the Batman isn't taking place in the DCU. I think that would have been a good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, I think, again, everything I hear from James Gunn, James Gunn, he, 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 he might get Marvel out of here. I mean, James Gunn, he, he, let's be real. I mean, even the things that don't make sense, we then learn, oh, so you were actually going to do the thing that made sense, but you couldn't. And, like, you did it, you didn't do it out of, like, just respect. Like, there are some people that would have been like, oh, we're not going to be in it? All right, well, we're canning the Batman universe. And that would have been a horrible decision. Horrible. Because of how much people enjoy what Matt Reeves did with the first Batman movie, and they are excited about what he's trying to establish. And instead, he said, okay, let's make lemons out of lemonade, and let's figure this thing out. And is it the most perfect world? No. I think it's very odd to have a Batman movie running around with Robert Pattinson and then have another Batman movie that's going to have Batman and Damian Wayne. And I've gone on and on about how much it I dislike the concept of having Superman be young and Batman have a, you know, a adolescent son. I don't I don't really think that makes much sense, but whatever. They're going to try to make it work. But the fact that he even thought that way and, and that was how he was approaching it and the fact that he's still saying, you know what, Matt Reeves is still an asset and if he wants to do more Batman content than he should, it tells me that James Gunn really is the right person to be leading DCU, the DCU. Absolutely. Um, it is weird to have him do more Batman content, but I have to remind myself he is doing Batman the Cake Crusader. Uh, he's working on that, or he did work on it alongside Batman. Uh, 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 Bruce Tim, J.J. So, Abrams and yeah, J.J. Abrams as well. So, I mean, to me, it just seems like Matt Reeves is immersing himself in everything Batman right now. That's what I, that's that's the read I got. I I kind of had to remove myself from like the thinking about just purely DCU content and kind of think of like the big picture of what Matt Reeves clearly is doing in his career right now. And it just seems like right now he just wants to do everything Batman, which is awesome. I mean, you got a filmmaker that's this talented deciding that he's going to make Batman his baby for the next however many years is great. Um, and that makes me really excited. But, like, yeah, I took this and I was like, okay, it's odd, but it tells me that James Gunn is A, has his head in the right space, and is willing to be resourceful when things don't go exactly the way he wanted, which is what he, he wanted. And the fact that he was smart. He saw what the Batman did and said that that's, in many ways, that Batman would have been a great person to put in the DCU. I will say from Matt Reeves' standpoint, I think... I'm a little disappointed in him. I love Matt Reeves as a talent, but I think this is a little smoke dodging. Like, I think he could have found a way to do everything he wanted to do with the Batman and allow for that Batman to still be in the Justice League and then do whatever. I don't think that that was something that you couldn't do. I mean, Batman is grimy. Like, Gotham is grimy. Like, the world he created is not so different than what you see from Gotham in the comic books. Like, everything which about is why it. people like, loved it. It's inspired by it, which is why people loved it. 
guess what? That same Batman and that same Gotham exists in a DC universe that also has Darkseid, that also has New Gods, that also has all this other Green Lantern Corps. Like, that still exists, but you still have that. I don't, I, I think, I think it was a little short-sighted by reason to the side. Now, I don't know what their conversation was. If James Gunn says, look, if, if you do this, this means that you're going to have to, you know, drop Easter eggs about, you know, oh, there's a, you know, there's a Daily Planet, you know, reference and you know oh here's uh his guy Gardner showing up like okay if that's what he was being asked to do then he did the right thing to say i don't want to do that but james gunn seems and i, I and you guys know me I, I didn't come into this as some james gunn fanboy i I'm, I'm purely just reacting to what i'm seeing from him he seems like a very reasonable guy clearly he literally had this thing go not his way and he's still saying okay well you know what you we agreed to give you a batman universe People like it, so we'll just keep doing it, even though it like is probably to a detriment to what I'm doing. And he's still doing right. it, cause I, and he's, he's gonna just, let him do Robin. Like right. as far as we Robin, know, even rumors, he's doing it, Robin. Right? Exactly. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense, but again, it's best for both parties. And it's, but that tells mm-hmm. me to me that this is again somebody that's gonna be able to wiggle around issues that may come up. And he's not gonna bat a thousand. Kevin Feige didn't bat a thousand when he started, but. Marvel is in a little trouble because this this is somebody who's ambitious, who's creative, who's resourceful, and who's willing to work with people. And the fact that we're our Batman universe, as we know of right now, for the Batman, has been completely untouched, and in fact is now going to be bolstered because in the DCU, Matt Reeves, who we now know has a very good handle on the Batman characters, is also be doing stuff for James Gunn. So it's. I think this is. I think this is really cool. My only concern would be, if you're Reeves, you better have that Batman universe ironed out, and really, you better be focused on that. Like it's cool you're doing the Cape Crusader. It's cool you're doing this Arkham series for for uh, for DCU, but that Batman universe has got to be ironclad. And and look, it's something he's probably worked on for years and years and years. So I, I not. I don't want to cast certain that he isn't prepared. But what I don't want is him to be too diverted, as we've seen with Kevin Feige, too diverted on Batman projects, saying, okay, I got to make sure I do this version of Batman where it's totally different. And then let me go back to the Duke Crusader Season 2, which is going to be totally different. Oh, yeah, and then let me go back to doing, like, my universe. I just hope that he's focused in where he needs to be. But, again, his talent is unquestionable. So I, I have great hope, I have great belief and confidence that he can. It's just something that I would be my only concern. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's um, I mean, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I believe he's a, he's also going to be working on Apes too. I believe another Apes movie is coming. Right, out. so you got so, that going down. He's not directing it. Uh, he may, maybe he's producing it, but not okay. director. Um, but yeah, so he got a lot of stuff coming up. But um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'm not too concerned. He did such a good job with the Batman that. You know, I feel like if his other projects were like not Batman related, I might be a little, a little bit like, okay, well, you know, he's doing this and then he's doing, you know, like Feige's work got his hand on like eight different types of things. And it's like, all right, like Reeves is going to be steeped in Batman, nothing but Batman. Well, like, like Greg Berlanti doing DC and then doing Riverdale and then doing yeah. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch and yeah. Nancy Drew. And you're like, none of this. Yeah, exactly. Adds up yeah, a lot of stuff that kind of just we don't want this stuff blending together. 
So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited, and I agree, Jay. I think Marvel is in a lot of trouble, which we've been saying for a long time. But you know, they're in a lot of trouble. If Superman is good, I think people are just going to jump shit. I think honestly. so too. At one hundred percent, I think so too. One hundred percent. I think we're all agreement on that. I think that <laughs> it's going to be because. Not to bring it back to the you know the the conversation that we 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 hate and it's it's the same conversation that we were just having the last kind of thing, but like all those people that think the MCU is woke and this and that and it, largely people that I don't like to listen to, but there's a lot of them that are just gonna jump shit and just be like, oh, I'm never seeing another Marvel movie. DC is this is my you know this is my universe, uh, and that's that's gonna be a lot of people that. You're just gonna you're just gonna lose, and again, maybe Marvel and Disney are gonna be like, "That's fine," but that's that. Not only are you gonna lose those people, but there's also gonna be other people that are just like, "This is good stuff," you know, and I enjoy this, and that is, you're, it's gonna lead to what is a, uh, just a momentum that DC like Marvel Marvel's gonna have to. I mean, we've said it a million times, but they're gonna have to. Fantastic Four has got to be great, and. We We're going to see, have to see great I mean, stuff from Secret Wars. Deadpool has to hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah. Deadpool has to be a grand slam. And it might. Like they I break, only say Fantastic Four only because that's coming out that same year. So Yeah, but I think you know. they come... The reason why I still say that, though, is if they come in the next year and they still don't have a, a clear grand slam on their ledger. And they're walking, in, they're walking into a year where Superman is coming out. Marvel is in serious trouble. Let me put it this way. I think they both have to be great. Because um, I don't know if they can survive. I don't, I don't know if they can survive. I agree. I don't know if they can survive Deadpool not being good. But I definitely, I don't, I also don't know if they can survive even Deadpool being great and then Fantastic Four being mid. And now we're like, man, these fans, <laughs> you know, with Deadpool just a Ryan Reynolds thing and the rest of their Marvel stuff stinks. Yeah. 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 James Gunn, he's walking Marvel down. He's walking Marvel down, and they 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 better get their act together because, as confusing as this whole Batman stuff was, it was to me again very refreshing to see, kind of this picture come out. And say, okay, I understand what this picture looks like now, and it makes sense. And wow, like there was an effort to make this thing work, and he didn't. But that's fine. We still got we're still getting cool content out of this, and yeah, I. I Man, they really Marvel. They better be careful. And it's crazy because I, I mean, I don't know how many times we've talked about Marvel walking down DC and DC having to literally move, you know, release dates because of what Marvel is doing. And it does feel like the tide could be turning. It really feels that way. And again, Marvel better be extremely careful because I, I as we as I told you guys before, and yes, there is this perception that. And it's still the perception that Marvel does the good movies and DC does the bad movies. Even if that perception is kind of BS now. Like, I mean, like, I think at this point it's very muddled. DC, you know, The Flash was bad, but The Batman was excellent. And for Marvel, you know, Marvel's was okay. Black Panther was really good. Um, But, like, what great movies have they, what really, truly great, great movies have they had? Black Panther, I think, would be the only movie you could argue has been great in the last three or four years. Um, and I would argue Doctor Strange, but that's a very polarizing movie. So, like, it's... They, they better be careful. They better be careful. That's gonna do it 
for this edition of the only Euro- one is honestly is Guardians. Not to cut you off when you're oh, outro, yes, the, yeah, Guardians. James Gunn. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's the other one, and I agree that's a great movie. But then it's like they can't even they can't even champion it because you're championing the ops. <laughs> You champion Guardians, you champion the Ox. I mean, now that now the word that Dave Batista now may be ready to put back on to make him be a superhero again. This guy said he was swearing off superheroes. And now he he's apparently ready to join the DC. Gun, click. The other that was the other one was Gunn tried to get Dave Batista to play Bane, and Batista was like, nah. Yeah, and, you know, and it's like that was one that we kind of all knew was like dream casting, and originally I thought it was like Gunn didn't want him to play Bane, but. It was Batista that was like, no, nah, I can't do those kind of roles anymore. Too physical. Uh, but, like, again, that's another example of James Gunn going with conventional wisdom, which is what we've seen Kevin Feige sort of do the opposite. You know, <laughs> Kevin Feige said, screw conventional wisdom. We're gonna, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, and then that is what we've seen from DC and it's what has worked so far. Yeah, and and again, twenty twenty five is going to be a it's going to be a a very uh, crazy year. But that's going to do it for this edition of Orange. Uh, excuse me, uh, New Generation Hero Talk. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Of course, uh, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find us on New Generation Media. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. We're also on Facebook. You can follow us, New Generation Media. Follow us individually on social media. You can find Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken, Shamari on Instagram, and Snapchat, MCChan22. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Action, EJ. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.